You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 322. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 322. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Well, hello. Are you feeling bougie beige? Today? I'm feeling bougie beige. That's kind of the the theme of this podcast room. So, if y'all can see it, those of you who aren't aware, we have upgraded substantially now that we've moved into our brand new home. We have this awesome our podcast room. We got new mics. We got a whole new setup. We can you feel the sound quality, people? Can you feel it? <laughs> Check out that base. <laughs> the wall. We carpeted the walls and. Everything in the room is beige. <laughs> Everything, including you. No, not you. I'm more like an off-white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're an off-white. <laughs> Mother of pearl. Or like a very light pink. <laughs> a light pink. A white pink. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway, we're really excited about it and hoping you are enjoying the lovely new Sound quality coming at you. And today is actually a part two. If you are not aware, we That's did right. part one last week. And these are seven communication habits you have got to break and what to do instead. Mm. If you have not done week one, listen to, I'm sorry, week one, part one. Part one. Please be sure to listen to episode <laughs> 321. You're thinking of your program. I, w- I was. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of all the week modules or yep, how yep. I'm always talking to my students and stuff. Yeah. Be sure to listen to part one so that you really have an understanding where you get hung up. So basically last week we covered off seven major habits that people tend to get sucked into with relation to communication. And then this week I'm going to tell you what to do instead. But what I find really important about last week is a lot of times we don't think we have that many communication issues. We think it's just our partner can't communicate or our boss is just an idiot or our sister just is is fucking awful and we don't tend to look for the areas that we can improve that's why it's really important you listen to week one first Mm -hmm. and and then here today we're going to give you a sort of all of the solutions and the ideas of what you can do instead of leaning on some of these poor habits of the past Hmm. but before we do that I think you've got a little something up your sleeve. We do. We have a segment. We do it every week. Every week. And it's called. Would you rather. And today's would you rather (laughs) is. Would you rather. Okay. Give your mom a Brazilian wax. Wow. Or give your dad a butt wax. Okay. Um, Assuming that they're both hairy. I don't know. Wow. Well, my my father is passed, has been, you know, is deceased. And so I'm, a, I'm assuming like if he was still around. Hypothetical. Right? For sure, my mom. You're going to go with the Brazilian. You're going to sure. go with the spread leg, pull the pubes. Oh, my God. This is 
so gross. That's what I'm saying. Like, you have to think it through here. Well, when we sat down to record, Mr. Smith was like, I have a pretty gross way <laughs> It's rather. a pretty bad one. <laughs> and I was going, oh, God, what do you have? This Okay, I – yeah, I mean, it, it to me, that intimacy I could tolerate way more than my father of the opposite sex. Like, it's just – well, what would you pick? Oh, I'm totally going to wax my dad's ass. Well, exactly. That's how that. <laughs> I'm going to wax his ass. <laughs> I <laughs> also feel like given the re- the relationship that you had with your father, it would be really satisfying. Oh, it would be very gratifying, wouldn't it? Because <laughs> you'd be like, like motherfucker. feel that, uh. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I feel like. As somebody who identifies as female, I would be more comfortable doing that with a female just period. Gotcha. Right. Like I. Gotcha. Yeah. I think as a male, I, I don't want to put my mom in that situation. Right. Well, and I, I was going to say position, but rethought that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But I think about that with anybody. Like if it was the option of you know, some random dude or my, you know, your sister, I would pick your sister. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I don't think I'd ever pick the dude. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is what I'm saying. I got you. Yeah. But it is just a butt. What what in the butt? It's just a butt at the end of the day. It, well, and the- And at the end of the body. The kind of nice thing about the butt- (laughs) <laughs> Let me tell you all the reasons. Well, okay, so I you've never gone and gotten waxed before, and I actually haven't either. Oh, yes, I, I have. I've waxed my back before. But you haven't done down below. A Brazilian, no. No. So what? here's the one thing that's kind of nice about the butt wax situation is, for the most part, I've never done it either, but I've had plenty, plenty of conversations with women, and so I have a very keen understanding of what goes on. Yeah, my best friend does it all the time. In She's, said places? Yeah. Yes. Right, right. Yeah, she, she told does. me plenty. So from when you do the butt, you go on all fours. So you could be a little farther yeah. removed yeah. versus when you do the front, it's like spread eagle like you're at the gynecologist. Eye to eye, yeah. So it's kind of like I'm here in this area, you know, versus <laughs> if they're on all fours, you can kind of be like, let's still, just pretend like still. this isn't happening. Yeah. So you're going to go with the dad butt wax. No, I know. I'm still can't oh yeah i'm sorry you're gonna go with the, yeah the, i would the, do the mom brazilian, the brazilian. oh mom, my god the brazilian mom the, what do you call a butt wax an argentinian like what's the difference uh or why do they no, call it brazilian is that bra- where it invent, was invented i think i don't know maybe but the brazilian is typically everything from what i understand yeah yeah it's, oh yeah it, but it's all the way from the butt all the way oh, to it is. everything yeah it's like inclusive of all of that gotcha so it's the whole business that's right Okay. The whole business for your business. What about y'all? What would you rather? We would love to hear that. And we talk about it every single Monday over in our After Hours, after hours. <laughs> Facebook group community. <laughs> and it's called the Joy Junkie After Hours. And we talk about the Would You Rathers on Monday. We talk about the takeaways from the pod. I do a weekly Q and Slay, which is basically a Q and A segment where I go live and sound off on questions that have come up. Lots of great camaraderie. Everyone's always so incredibly supportive of each other. We do warm fuzzy Wednesday. So if you want to come and hang out with us and have 
an incredible positive corner of the internet, please go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club and we'll hang club out it with up. us. Yeah, yeah. All up in the club. So we're going to talk today about these communication habits and what we can actually do instead, because I don't think it's very helpful to say, hey, stop doing these things and then not give you something to do instead. I mean, pretty much that's what we know about habit control and habit forming things is you have to substitute or else, you know, that's why people oftentimes, if you stop smoking, they start picking up fidget spinners or they start knitting. You have to have Eating something yeah. in your hand. Right. And if you can create a healthy substitution, it's like, oh, okay, I can change this habit that I've hmm. had. Yeah. Before I jump into all of this, though, I do have a very exciting announcement. And you do. I do. Yeah. I mentioned this last week. My best friend, Andrea Owen, and she is a life coach as well. And oh, she, Goulet, you mean? Y- yes. We call <laughs> each other inside. Goulet. It's a little SNL it's a inside. a little inside, I know. It's a little inside. <laughs> but we are forming a joint podcast together, and we are really excited. It's going to be coming in 2020, but we are going to be doing solely responding to people's questions. So we need to know what you are dying to know, what you need help with, what you've been frustrated about, all of your burning questions as it relates to personal development. If you have something like that and you're like, I need some help, go to notanotherpod.com. I'll put it in the show notes and you very well could have the opportunity for us to sound off on your question. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So we need you to submit that. Notanotherpod.com. So we're... Notanotherpod.com. God damn it. Not another (laughs) one. All right. So let's talk about what we can do instead with some of these communication habits. All right. Let's do it. The first one, if you'll recall, is sweeping things under the rug. Mm. And... We do this both internally and externally, where somebody says, like, you don't mind, do you? And you just kind of go, oh, no, no, it's all good. It's all good. And you kind of just, oh, nothing to see here. Or it's where you just had a really weird altercation with somebody and you just choose never to remedy it, never to talk about it ever again. You just kind of sweep it under the rug. This can also happen internally, where you are in your head going, oh my gosh, I'm being too sensitive. I can't believe I'm even thinking about bringing this up or just get over it. It's where your own self-talk is telling you how ridiculous you're being. Hmm. So instead, I want you to ask yourself this question. What is the cost of my silence? What is the cost of my silence? It could very well be the cost of the relationship. Hmm. I know tons of people who would rather have a friendship or a relationship fade away rather than actually have a tough conversation. Mm, maybe that'll be next week's Would You Rather. <laughs> yeah. Would you rather have a tough conversation <laughs> or just let it fade away? And a lot of people, because we aren't adept at having tough conversations, we're just like, mm, mm, I'll just let it fade away or I'll just let us not really talk or I'm just going to show up in a different capacity and just hope that they don't bring it up again Mm -hmm. or whatever. But here's what what happens. Most of the time, there is a cost to your silence. First of all, many of you can relate to this. If you're a chronic sweeper under the rugger, (laughs) it blows the fuck up later. Sure. It erupts like a motherfucking volcano. 
It always does. It's not something you you can't keep pushing something below the surface, pushing it, pushing, pushing. No, 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 no. It will eventually erupt. And when it erupts, it's very unlikely that you're going to have all your words perfectly articulated and like, hey, I've actually been wanting to talk to you about this. This has been really, no, you're going to be like, you always do this. You And when you Volcano. come yeah. from that volcanic place, very seldomly does the other person hear you, if ever, and they just become retaliatory and the relationship continues to dissolve. Because it's cloaked in animosity and combativeness, and it's just a futile way to engage in a relationship. Another thing is, from a man's perspective, I think a lot of times we look at the situation. Like, for instance, if I've had girlfriends that have blown up. Yep. And I'm like, oh, it's that time. Not the time of the month. Just it's that cycle. It's that time of her to blow. It'll blow over in a little bit. She just needs to vent. She just needs to get it out. Right. And then everything will be cool. Right. Because there's no consequence for anything. It's always just the the only consequence is the blow up. Right. 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 Anyway. And just knowing your dynamic and how you operate and knowing how how I operate, I could see you being with a lot of women who sweep everything under the rug and you don't. You tend to not be that way. So I could see them stuff it, stuff it, stuff it, stuff it, stuff it. And then it just erupts. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's really unfortunate. So I want you to think about it. Like, what is the cost of my silence? And one of my favorite, favorite questions to ask myself is, will my silence make me a liar? That's the classic, Mm, like, oh, no, nothing's wrong. No, I'm fine. No, that'll work out. No, we'll figure it out. That's No, it's completely fine. Look how cool I am comments like look how chill look how go with the flow i am keep it cool when in fact what you really want to say is like actually that really bothers me a lot or that doesn't quite sit well with me and you can say things like that even if you haven't fully articulated your response or how you want to approach it in fact you and i had this the other night where we were kind of talking about stuff and i'm like i don't quite know yet i need to kind of sit with this for a couple of days and kind of think things through so you might even be able to say to somebody you know, I'm not fully settled about our conversation the other day, or that didn't quite land well with me. I I would love for us to discuss it in a couple of days, or I I need to kind of mull that over a little bit. It's okay for you to not know exactly what you want to say right away. But what I think is important to, to feel into is there is oftentimes an intuitive hit that happens right before we choose to sweep something under the rug, where that intuition is going, that's not right. That didn't feel right. That wasn't a positive exchange. I'm not sure about what that person meant by that. There's something that clues you in that this doesn't feel right. And then we do what I like to call the cognitive override, which is where that internal talk goes, oh, you're making too big of a deal out of it. You're making mountains out of molehills and some other idiom, right? Yeah. And that is usually- Which we learned last week. That's right. That's your clue in right there is that- internal red flag going, wait a minute, that didn't feel right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And use that vernacular, use that wording. Hey, I'm not fully settled with that conversation or I don't feel totally at peace. Those are the words that I use instead of saying, I am, I'm really um, pissed at you for everything yesterday, or I'm real, I'm still really upset with how you were yesterday, you know, Mm -hmm. just to claim the entirety of the uh, exchange saying, I'm not, I'm just not feeling fully at peace. The other thing that 
is important to understand that there is a cost. Blowing up later, potentially harboring resentment. Also illness, you guys. When we don't deal with shit, whether it's speaking up to people, whether it's grieving the loss of somebody or the loss of a job, anytime we quell emotion, it will come out some other way. It's all just energy. That's it. And it cannot be created or destroyed, but it can transfer. So it will just become something else. Right. You you see it all the time. Injury, ailments, muscle spasms, pulls. I see it all the time with anxiety, panic attacks, uh, depression, things like that, sure. where you have not fully addressed what's going on with you. So I need you to understand that when you sweep it under the rug, what you are choosing is immediate relief instead of long-term power. It's Boom. a it's like a band-aid instead of going through the surgery that you know you need mm-hmm. and dealing with the physical therapy. You're just like, give me a cortisone shot. Right. Yeah, I know. I see that all the time. Right. All right. So sweeping it under the rug, I want you to start asking, what is the cost of my silence truly? And will my silence make me a liar? Number two, we talked about last week, complaining and colluding. So one of my favorite ways to supersede this typical habit that so many of us have is by operating under this mantra. If it is worth complaining about, it is worth giving voice to. If you are complaining about it, you are locking yourself into victimhood. You Hmm. are going over and over again, blame, resentment, that person's fault, that person's fault, et cetera, et cetera. Instead of really looking at this is my responsibility. If I'm drawing all this attention to this thing that I hate so much, I need to actually take action on it. So ask yourself, When you find yourself chronically complaining or when you notice that you've been bitching and moaning with somebody else in the office, (laughs) ask yourself, what have I not given voice to and to whom? Because we know you're giving a voice to somebody. Yeah. Just is it the right person. But it's not the right person. So check yourself on that. Number three, jokes and being passive aggressive. I think this is probably one of the most pervasive because it's a massive defense mechanism. If we can make a joke out of something, if we can go, gosh, you're being way too sensitive about that. Or if we can be sarcastic or kind of snide, we can be lofty and we can hide any discomfort that we might be feeling. Mm -hmm. Right? So if you do find yourself saying something that's kind of a joke or passive aggressive, like, God, all all rude over there or, you know, something like that to follow it up with what you really, truly mean. And so it would sound something like, in all seriousness, though, that was kind of an offensive comment or all joking aside, I'd really appreciate it if you stopped giving me shit about what I choose to eat, you know, yeah, yeah, something like that where you're saying. In all seriousness, seriously, though, in full honesty, or if I, you know, joking aside, anything like that to say, no, no, coming back down now, because the problem happens when people just say jokes and passive aggressiveness. And that's what we talked about last week. A lot of times the other person thinks if they were really serious, they would tell me, but they're just joking about it. Right. Yeah. I use mm-hmm. the example of. Joking with your spouse, like, wow, well, my sister is pregnant again. That must be nice to just get pregnant like that, you know. 
instead of what you really want to say is, hey, babe, I'm really, really wanting to start a family. And I know we've had differences of opinions about that. And I need to be really honest about where I'm at. We're so afraid of rejection that we just come out in snide comments. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Or we don't say it at all. That's right. That's right. So if you, again, a lot of times what will happen with these sorts of habits and things that we all do is that we catch ourselves after the fact, like, because it's it's a habit, right? It's already ingrained. It's something that we're doing anyway. Mm -hmm. So you usually catch yourself afterwards and go, oh shit, I just did it, you know? And that's when you, even, even if a couple of things have gone by, a couple statements have gone by, things have been changed. You know, our conversations have been changed. You can go back and say, hey, in all seriousness, I know I was kind of joking about that comment or I know I kind of made a snide remark or was a bit passive aggressive. I just want you to know that that really does uh, hurt my feelings or I I do find that a bit offensive. And I don't, I don't think it's fair for me to harbor resentment and not tell you. Right. You know, not yeah. not be honest with you. It's being honest. That's right. What What a concept. All right. So number one, instead of sweeping it under the rug, we're going to ask, what is the cost of my silence and will my silence make me a liar? Number two, if you find yourself complaining and colluding, you're going to start operating under this mantra of if it's worth complaining about, it's worth giving voice to. So when you catch yourself complaining a shit ton, ask, who have I not spoken up to that needs to hear this? Right? Yeah. Number three, jokes and passive aggressiveness. Start adding with on a serious note, though, or all joking aside, something like that. Number four is what I like to call reporting. This, if you remember from last week, is essentially where you, instead of saying what's really going on for you, you just give a litany of things that you have to do or that are on your plate, hoping that the other person will just magically deduce that your answer is, no, I can't do that thing for you. Yes. The example that I gave was, Let's say you're at work and your boss totally innocuously comes in and says, hey, any chance you can get that TPS report for me? (laughs) Right. I'll give you a TP report. (laughs) Can you get me that TPS report by Friday? And instead of saying, oh, gosh, I'm really overwhelmed or anything like that, you say, well, I've got the Brooks report that I have to get done. I've got that meeting with so-and-so. I've got this, and I've got to make sure that I get to the bank by 5 o'clock and blah, blah, blah. And you start reporting everything. Instead, what I would love for you to start practicing is saying something to the effects of, hey, thank you so much for asking that of me, or I so appreciate you leaning on me or turning to me or coming to me with that, What, whoever it is. And I seriously, I, I'll be really transparent with you. I feel like I'm barely staying afloat. Is there any way, and so give a counteroffer, is there any way so-and-so could handle it? Or is there any way this could get moved to two weeks, two weeks in the future? Or I'm happy to take that on, but then I'm not going to be able to get to this other report. Is that okay? Where you're you're not trying to be a fucking superhero because here's what happens. You're just negotiating. This is what I see yeah. all the time, particularly in the workplace. You say yes, 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 yes all the time. And the boss or your superiors have no fucking clue that you're overwhelmed. They just think, fuck, Ken can do everything. Like, give it to Ken. He can do everything. And he never says no. Because if you're not speaking up, if you're not saying, hey, to be quite honest, I feel like I'm floundering here or 
I I really want to come through for you, but I do not see myself being able to accomplish that by that deadline. I, I and I would hate to let you down. Yeah. And yeah. and come from that perspective instead of just being the yes man, the yes woman, the yes the totally girl or the totally dude. Like yeah, <laughs> totally, totally dude. Totally. I'll 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 figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a huge thing. So instead of reporting, and if you catch yourself in the middle of a report, like to your spouse, even like, well, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Well, what are you actually saying? Rephrase it and say, what I'm really saying, babe, is I am so incredibly overwhelmed. I would love nothing more than to go on a date with you. But I am so frustrated. What would mean the world to me is if you would help me with X, Y, or Z. Because I think the example I used last week was if your partner just said like, hey, do you want to go on a date tonight? And you're all stressed out. And so you just report all the shit you've got going on instead of saying what's really there. So catching yourself and saying, what I'm really saying is, what I really Mm -hmm. mean to say is. And sometimes you have to catch yourself later after the fact. I like to call it the do-over, declaring the do-over. So let's say you snap at your spouse. And you just report all the shit you've got to do. Like, I can't go on a date tonight. I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. You notice that you do that. Circle back later. Declare the do-over and say, hey, babe, I that was really uncool of me to snap at you. I want to just tell you a little bit about what that was about after I kind of thought about it. I realized that I've had all of these things on my shoulders and I was jealous of you that you don't have nearly as much that you're dealing with. And I think in that moment, I was really frustrated because I just want some help or I want some relief. Mm-hmm. Any chance you can help me with X, Y, or Z. Um, where you're you're owning yeah. your shit and you're you're owning your own delivery and that what you said wasn't cool. Right? Hmm. Okay. All right. So that is reporting. Number five, telling everyone except who needs to hear it. This mm, was the habit that favorites. we discussed last week. Yeah. Where if you're upset with your partner, your best friend gets an earful. If you're upset with your best friend, your mom gets an earful. If you're upset with your mom, your therapy, therapist gets the earful. Where everybody hears about it except the right person who can actually do something about yeah, it. And, we, yeah. and this is very much in tandem with the complaining or colluding that we talked about yep. earlier. Yep. Because a lot of times we're complaining to people instead of actually conversing with the person who we need to. So here's what I suggest to remedy this. I encourage you to take a no complaint challenge. See what transpires in your life if just for two, three days, maybe Hmm. a week if you can actually do it. And just say, I'm not going to complain. No complaint challenge. The other thing, and this, it kind of involves really calling yourself out and genuinely wanting to be a better person. And this is something that I see constantly in Deep Down and Dirty, which is my signature program of who I, you know, the people that I work with, is getting accountability. So I've told straight out my students, like, I'm not going to talk to you about this one more time until you actually go have a conversation. No more just bitching and moaning about it. I need you to go actually converse with that person. And getting accountability like that can be huge. That's something that I do with my best friend too, where each of us will say, you know, I know I need to handle this situation with 
this business project or I know I need to contact this client or I know I need to deal with this issue with my accountant. Will you hold me accountable? Because it is far easier to just keep telling everybody else except for the one person who needs to hear it. <laughs> yeah, right? absolutely. So give yourself that no complaint challenge. All right. And, oh, I should also mention too, communication is my jam, by the way, if you have not been able to notice that. That's my joint. That's, that's my right. jam. And it's really, really incredible to watch people be able to change how they start speaking up for themselves. And I've got yes. a bunch of students right now in Deep Down and Dirty who are doing that exact thing where they're speaking up in workplaces with their partners, with their in-laws, huge, huge, huge issue with parents and in-laws. That is yeah. one of the biggest factors that I see. Isn't it wild? Yeah. I mean, people well into their 40s still trying to contend with parent issues, like they <laughs> and, and myself included. Like it doesn't go away, but no one ever teaches us how to articulate articulate that. And what Deep Down and Dirty is so incredible at doing, if I do say so myself, is is twofold, really. It's the first piece of genuinely believing that you are enough, that you are valuable, that your voice matters. Yes. And believing that about yourself. And I just had a, a student who graduated and she posted a video and she said, I'm reading back some of the stuff that I wrote at the beginning of the program and I can't believe what a different person I am. Wow. She's like, I can say I am enough and I believe it in every every ounce of my being. And this woman is going going through some stuff and she is just a powerhouse and is blowing my mind. And she's such an inspiration to the rest of the gals and they're doing the same thing. So it's that first internal piece of I matter. And then it's the external piece of, well, then how do I tell my mom to to butt out of my relationship? Or how do I tell my in-laws, stop buying shit for our house that we don't need and we don't want? How do I speak up for myself at the workplace when I keep getting interrupted by my superiors? Or all of those things was like, I don't know what to say. And I give them scripts and tell them like, do this, do that, do this, do that. And they do it. And it's incredible. So anyway, if that's you and you know that you've been stuck with this people-pleasing nonsense where you're always concerned about what everybody else thinks, so you don't speak up, you don't even think you are worthy of speaking up, or you're so consumed with being perfect and flawless because you're concerned about what everybody else thinks, or what it means if you're not perfect, or being crippled by self-doubt, where all the things that you want to go after, you're completely stagnant because you don't believe in who you are. We think it's all outside. We think, oh, I just need to fix my weight. I just need to fix my job. I just need to fix my partnership. Then everything will be happy and fine. That's not how it works because you fix the those things or you arrive at the perfect career, perfect house, and you go, holy fuck, why am I not happy? That's why we see that all the time with the celebrities. Oh, yeah. Who overdose. We're like, wait a minute. You have fame, fortune, good looks, all of it. And you're miserable? Yeah. Like Jim Carrey has that great quote where he says something to the effects of, I wish that everybody had all of their dreams come true so that they would realize that that's not what equates happiness. <laughs> Something yeah. to that effect, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. it's an inside job. So anyway, I could go on and on. I'm super passionate about it because I've seen so many people completely change their lives. People who don't think it's possible for them. They, you know, they say, they tell me that all the time. And then here they are 12 weeks later, magically owning their power, believing in who they are. It's beautiful. I could I get all emotional about it. Love so anyway, it. if you need that, 
I've completely structured deep down and dirty in a very, very different way. And if you're interested, your first step is to go watch a workshop. It's the joyjunkie.com slash workshop. And I cover five major keys in shifting what you need to, uh, shifting what you need to in order to usher in that self-confidence. I talk a lot about the conscious mind versus the subconscious mind, why a lot of your attempts may be failing, Hmm. reading book after book or podcast and why that is, what's happening in the brain. So anyway, if you're interested, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Be sure to have a pen and paper. It's completely free. And then you'll have an opportunity to jump on the phone with one of my team members if it's something that you want to continue to pursue and you want to know more about Deep Down Dirty and see if it's for you. And I would be honored to be a part of your journey. But at the very least, go watch the free workshop for Christ's sake. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's free. It's completely free. And yeah. you're going to learn a bunch of stuff, which is never a bad thing. That's true. All right. Number six. Number six is straight up lying and making shit up. All right. Huh. This one we talked like a lot gaslighting? about. Gaslighting? Um. Uh, gaslighting could definitely be a part be of in it. The category, but, yeah. But people who are gaslighters tend to be more narcissists or possibly even sociopaths. So they're doing it from a place of getting their own way. Oh, okay. And kind of malicious intent versus there's a ton of us who just lie because we are afraid of what other people think. Mm-hmm. And, okay. oh, well, if I tell them that I have a dentist appointment, then that's noble enough. And they'll say, oh, okay, cool. You don't have to come then. Uh, but yeah. if it's just that I don't want to go or that I need sleep, or that I'm exhausted and I can't put yeah. one, you know, that's not a good enough reason. I better lie. Gotcha. Those, okay. those types of things, Got right? It. So what I would suggest for you to do here is to create a handful of go-to truthful responses that are vague, you guys. One of the other things we talk about a lot in Deep Down and Dirty is chronic over-explaining. <laughs> and going into this big, long explanation of why you can't be there for somebody, why you can't do that report on time, why, and we don't really need that, okay? You can very easily say, oh, I wish I could make it. I'm not available. Yeah. Done. Like, that's it. You don't have to over-explain. But I'll tell you what, one of the reasons why we think we have to is because we don't believe that our time fucking matters. It all comes back to how you feel about yourself. People who value themselves, who love who they are, who are totally confident can decline with grace. Right. Yeah. Why I couldn't you? We think that it all has to do with like, oh, I could never say that. No, the reason you can't is because you don't believe in you. Mm. That's what needs to shift. That's why I'm always talking about that Yeah. with re- regards to deep down and dirty. So come up with some go-to truthful responses saying things like that start off with gratitude thank you so much for thinking of me or oh wow i really appreciate that you you lean on me for that or thank you for inviting me to that oh i'm so honored to be included unfortunately i already have plans you don't have to tell simple them. enough the plans might be to wash your hair <laughs> doesn't fucking matter unfortunately i'm not available please don't stop inviting me though i can't make it this time Please don't stop inviting me if that's true, if it's something that you do want to be a part of. I wish I could come through with you, come through for you. Unfortunately, I'm booked up that day. So create those, write them out, and then rehearse them so that you've got something to retort when you're put on the spot. Okay. 
starting with gratitude can be one of the best places. Expressing empathy can be really great. Like, wow, that sounds like it's really, really tough. Or it sounds like you've got a lot on your plate. I wish I could alleviate that for you. Unfortunately, I'm not available. Unfortunately, whatever it is. And the other thing that you can also say is you can buy yourself some time and just say, let me check my calendar. I'm not sure if I can add one more thing and I would hate to let you down or I'd hate to have to pull out last minute because I've overloaded myself. It's the safest way. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. All right. And finally, number seven is saying yes when you really mean no. I am going to link in the show notes. I'm going to link to the workshop that I was talking about earlier okay? because I think that'll be helpful. But I'm also going to link to another pod specifically on saying no that where I go into it for like a good 30 minutes if this is one of your habits. And I have to mention we do this at length and deep down and dirty. How to say no. We spend about three or four weeks specifically on how to speak up in multiple scenarios. I would think it's a lot. It's crucial to spend that amount of time. Absolutely. You have to just in order to get to the bottom of it. Well, you're, cre- you're creating a new habit. Too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So here's what I want you to start doing. Instead of immediately saying yes, like off the off the bat, like we were saying, the totally girl, totally do. Like, oh, yeah, totally. I'll do it. Start saying, you know what? Let me think about that. Buy yourself some time. Let me think about that. Let me check my calendar. I need to run that by my spouse. I need to run that by my calendar and make sure I you don't know, overcommit. Buy yourself some time. Just don't say yes right away. One of my favorites is to say is, like I said a, a second ago, I would hate to leave you high and dry and have to pull out last minute. So let me let me make sure I can fully commit. Yeah. It's noble, right? And then my absolute favorite, if they demand an answer now, <laughs> I say, oh, man, if you need an answer right now, I'm going to have to politely decline. I was thinking of that because... We have our calendars right here in our hands. That's right. So if you say, oh, let me check my calendar, they could say, well, don't you have your calendar right there? Check your calendar right now. Right. And you say, well, if you need an answer right now, you know, I'm going to have to say no. Yeah. You know, you can, you can always say no. You can always say no. You don't owe anybody anything. Exactly. That's the thing we think we are tethered to. Mm-hmm. And I think it's disproportionate for women. Like we're. It's like, don't be non-ladylike, you know, don't rock the boat. Don't. Yeah. I mean, it's, I find that I, so it's certainly not for everybody, but I do find that men tend to have an easier time being curt about a response. Like, oh, I'm not available. Like, just, you're going to have to deal with it kind of thing. Yeah. You know, not everybody. Definitely not everybody. And sure, sure. It's a general. It's definitely a general. Uh, yeah. I'm generalizing. But if you just start saying. Let me think, even let me think about it. You don't even have to say, check your calendar. Yeah. Or it could be, you don't even have to explain that. You can just say, I wish it was as simple as the calendar, but it's got a lot of task lists and things like that, that I really have to make sure I don't overcommit myself. Exactly. You know, but you don't even have to say that. You can just go straight into what you said, which is like, well, if you really need an an answer right now, I'm going to have to say no. Yeah. Because that's over. Um. Over explaining it too. That's right. I had somebody who was trying to call my bullshit on something who, and I find this unbelievably rude, but he had said like, hey, do you want to get together? I'm going to be in California. This is when I lived in California, blah, 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 blah. 
And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not available. I've got a bunch of stuff going on that day. And he said, like, what? (laughs) And I said, like a bunch of stuff. Right. (laughs) I'm like, I already told you I'm not available. And I find that incredibly rude when somebody is like, well, tell me all of the things. Yeah. So Explain yourself. Why can't you spend time with me? Right. And I kind of, you know, and depending on the person, you can always say something like, you know, my schedule's really not up for debate. I like that. You know, it depends how curt you need to be. It depends how forthright and how demanding they are. Yeah. But that's one of my favorite things is like, uh, that's actually not up for debate. (laughs) No, I get to call the shots. Bye. So start saying, let me think about it. Uh, And then here's the other thing. This is another opportunity to declare a do-over. So let's say you do say yes. Let's say you do say, sure, and then you immediately regret it. You go home, you're thinking about it, and you're like, why did I commit to that? Call that person up immediately, text that person immediately, and take it back before you're in too deep. Because I do feel very strongly, do not pull out of a situation where you have committed to something and somebody's counting on you. But if it's at the very beginning and there's a potential for them to replace you or to get other types of help, do it right away and say something like, you know what? I think I was too hasty in agreeing to so-and-so. I I really have to be conscious about what I'm saying yes to because I've found that I'm really running myself ragged. I'm going to have to take my name out of the hat for that. Yeah. Something like that. Right. And I truly hope you can understand and apologies. Right. Whatever. So keep in mind, too, with all of this stuff, you can declare the do-overs. All right. So let's do a quick little recap. And I want you to think about where are my sticking points? We talked about this last week, like calling yourself out. Where do I really need to move the mark here? And then you've got to do something differently. That's why they're called habits. They're ingrained. We're, they're habitual. They're not going to just magically change because you listen to something for 30 fucking minutes. You have to go practice so that you create those new neural pathways in the brain. All right. Number one, instead of sweeping it under the rug, ask yourself, will my silence make me a liar? Number two, complaining and colluding. Ask yourself, what have I not given voice to and to whom? Jokes and passive aggressive. This is when you circle back you do the do-over, or you say something like, after the snide comment, you say, no, all joking aside, that was, you know, and then you say the truth. Number four, instead of reporting everything, or if you catch yourself reporting everything, hoping that the other person magically interprets it, you say, what I'm really trying to say is, and ask for what you need. Number five, instead of telling everyone else who needs to hear, or uh, everyone else that your issue, tell the person who needs to hear it. It's one of my favorites. Start with, it is. Mm -hmm. It's a personal favorite. (laughs) Start with the no complaint challenge. Watch yourself. Watch actually going and telling people a bunch of stuff. Watch yourself with your coaches or your therapist. Like I've been telling you the same damn thing for five sessions and I haven't taken any action on it. Hold me accountable. Yeah. Right. Number six, stop lying and making shit up. If you value honesty and integrity, that means here too, okay? That doesn't mean just, oh, I need a partner who's honest with me. No, fuck that. That means you need to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay? You need to be the person you want to attract. So create your go-to truthful responses. And I'm also going to link to not over-explaining. I did a podcast on that too. 
because that can be a slippery slope. And then number seven, finally, create a phrase that you can say so that you are not saying yes when you really mean no. So start saying something like, let me think about that or I'm going to need to get back to you. Mm-hmm. Something, pick one and just practice it. And I'm going to make sure that in the show notes, you've got everything that you need, a couple of the other pods I've suggested. And please go watch that workshop because a lot of you will listen to these types of messages and go, yeah, I love it. I love it. And then you don't actually implement. And the workshop talks about the reasons why that happens. Mm -hmm. Because truly, when people set goals, 8% actually follow through on them. Wow. That is 92 fucking percent of people who go, oh, yeah, I'm going to start doing that and don't do that. And there's a very real reason for that. And a lot of it has to do with accountability. Don't be the 92 percent. Exactly. Yeah. Be the 8 percent. That's the that's what's the word I'm looking for. The the mantra. That's the story. No, not the mantra. Oh, that's the lesson. Oh, the oh lesson. God. Oh, the moral <laughs> yeah. of the story. The moral. There it is. There we go. There wow. it is. There aye, aye. it is. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> All right, guys. So I'm hoping that this has been really helpful. Be sure to check out thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop and all of the additional stuff in the show notes and come visit us in After Hours. After Hours. <laughs> You're so good at that. You're so spot on. You gave me the eye. Like, are you ready for this? Oh, good. I love it. I love <laughs> you notice all my... All my... I got your cues. You got my cues. I picked all up right. what you're putting down. <laughs> All right, love. So we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Ms. Smith, out. <laughs>